This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. We're doing this again. We're taking some time out of our break to bring to you a special podcast about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. As you know, it was released this weekend. Many of us saw it. Many of us got excited about it. Many of us are tweeting about it. And we're doing a podcast. So Joelle, Kayla, and yours truly joined together in this great episode about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We talk about what we loved about the movie, and we had some bones to pick with some of the things that we saw in the movie. Mostly me, and I'll explain why. And before you even get started, I have to tell you this, there's lots of spoilers. Spoilers are abound, so please stop the podcast go to the movie theater, watch Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and then come back and listen to the podcast. And we encourage you to leave us comments on Spreaker, on SoundCloud. Leave us a rating on iTunes, by the way. Let us know what you think of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. And feel free to use the hashtag BGM podcast if you've got some additional things to say on Twitter about this episode. So stay tuned to a BGM podcast extra about Rogue One, a Star Wars story featuring myself, Kayla and Joelle. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning into this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. We are supposed to be on break, but you know what? A really popular and fun and exciting film has just recently been released, and we, we got to talk about it. You know, we whenever these big movies come out, we got to have a discussion about it. And we also would love your feedback and your comments as you listen to the show. So if you are following us on SoundCloud, leave us a comment. And also, always give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Um, But for now, I am very pleased to introduce you to our panel of guests. We have Joelle and Kayla here to talk about Rogue One, Star Wars story. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hello. Well, um, I'm excited to talk about this movie. (laughs) It was... I cried once. I won't lie. There okay. was the moment that got me, and I was just like, "This is so. This is everything I wanted." And I rank Same. it so high of it. Same. I know I'm in the minority of where I rank it, and I know we'll get to where I rank, like where we're gonna rank things. I know Jamie kind of put out there where she's ranking it, mm-hmm. but I think I'm in the minority of where I rank it. Mm, okay, because I thought <laughs> I was. So it'll be interesting to see your mm. ranking. Um, yeah, I actually was on Twitter, and it got a lot of feedback. I did a ranking of all of the Star Wars films, and yes. it, you know, I mean, whenever you rank movies period there's always going to be people that debate you on it but it was it was very um controversial and i even got into a nerd debate with just blaze on twitter (laughs) 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 which was awesome (laughs) yeah yeah i was just like oh my god like he's really serious about this i I had no idea (laughs) 
Um, maybe you can bring in Jay Z on the combo later on. Um, this is awesome. Just Blaze, by the way, you are welcome to come on the Black Girl Nerds podcast and talk Please to us do. about yes. Star Wars. Yeah, yes. indeed. So, um, well, yeah, let's start with what was your takeaways from Rogue One? What did you like about the film and what did you not like about it? And um, either one of you guys can jump in. Um, okay, so I'll just be honest and get it out of the way. Boys Whitaker had to go. I did not like any of the choices he made top wow. to bottom. I thought the idea of the character was so strong, but every time we showed up on screen, the movie just came to a screeching halt for me. Hmm. And I love Forrest Whitaker, so this was devastating. Interesting. Yeah. Are you guys seriously, okay. did you guys like it? I, I the I was kind of lost once I saw his, like, Don King hair. I was like, why? <laughs> Wow. For what reason? What? Why? I'm just going to bring it up. I brought it up in the Walking Dead podcast. We can't get black people to have great wigs on t- uh, TV and movies. <laughs> really pissed me the hell off. It's I can't so true. That is true. It's so true. I, I love Saw Guerrero. I actually thought he stole every scene. It, it was, oh, I was actually devastated when he died. Um, Oh, by the way, guys, uh, I guess I'll, I'll put in a spoiler alert at the beginning when I re- um, do the recording. But yeah, spoilers <laughs> abound. Um, but yeah, I was really upset when he died. And, and I just really loved his character. I actually wanted his character to have more screen time than he actually did. And as we get to this conversation later on, that's one of my many gripes with the film. But uh, yeah, I, I, I loved Saw. He was awesome. Here's a debate I was having the other day. Do you think the breathing apparatus was life-saving or was it, like, an intoxicant? Because people are apparently having a debate. I thought this was, like, a life-saving measure. And part of the performance that bothered me was the fact that it didn't sound like he needed it. Yeah. I mean, Hmm. I I put it there life-saving because of what he said to Jen. He said, you know, I'm really nothing left. This is You see me breathing from this thing. It's helping me sustain my life. That's I mean, so I don't know why it would go towards something that's harming him. But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't see it as something else than it just being a life-saving mechanism. So, yeah. I just, yeah, that was the part that bothered me the most, but were there other things? What bothered you guys? I know there's like a whole list for a bunch of different people. (sighs) I, there's little I could, I, because I actually loved it. I, there's not a lot I could find wrong with it, other than the Forrest Whitaker thing. I just hmm. wasn't there for that character. Um, with the placement in the storyline and what they gave him, and there's, I think it's what they gave him to work with. You can only do so much with what you're given, and I, hmm. that's not, because I love Forrest Whitaker and everything else that he's in. So I think that when you're given, like, crappy dialogue... <laughs> Ooh, so you think that you think the dialogue was bad in the film? That's just one his thing dialogue. I was mean, it everyone's dialogue or just his dialogue? Because for me, it was mostly his. I could felt like I could predict everything he was about to say, and that really bothered me. I mean, wow. okay, so hmm. I mean, some of the dialogue predictability. Yeah, I mean, like it, some of it you could kind of see coming a little bit. So I don't know. It's I know we'll get into it. There's little bitty like because I liked it so much, I nitpicked it. Um, 
in my mind, I was just nitpicking through the whole movie, like little things that I would go in and fix. Um, I didn't like that, you know, Riz's character was like not so much involved in the combat part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of made him, you know, scared to be a part of that. I didn't like that at all because I'm a huge fan of his. So I wanted to see a little bit more than just the technical guy. I wish he had a redemptive flight moment. Like, if he could have gone out in a blaze of glory. Exactly. Like, doing some cool pilot tricks. I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, instead of him going out by a thermal imploder. Sorry, I've been playing, you know, Star Wars, so. I know what they're called. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, him going out like that, I mean, but honestly... Donnie Yen for the win Hell is what yeah. I love. Oh, my God. <laughs> Donnie Yen was absolutely my favorite human in the movie. And I have to give that caveat because, uh, oh, my gosh. R2, or no, RS. I cannot remember the robot's name. KS, but he, KS2O? Thank you. Or K2SO? K2SO. I, I, K2SO. K2SO. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know but, that. Yes. <laughs> like, Alan Tudyk, like, from the moment he stepped on screen, I'm like, this movie is amazing. Like, this is it's great. Because I didn't think... It's when you think you can't love him anymore, he does more. I know. I know. Just, oh, oh. The moment of, like, did you know that wasn't me? I was like, this is just the most brilliant performance Star Wars has ever seen. Like, I put this above everything. Everything. It was so, I was, like, laugh crying in my seat. So funny. Um, And then to see Donnie Yen was, it was so emotional. His staff ability like, we've seen it, and so we know it, but to then see it in Star Wars, and especially against stormtroopers who can't shoot anyway, and you're finally like, finally someone knows how to deal with these fools. <laughs> like, these stormtroopers who never hit a target to watch Donnie Yen just take them out up close and personal with a stick is mesmerizing. And I'm not a huge fan of his. Like my, I know my boyfriend is the biggest fan. He's been trying to get me to watch the Ant-Man movies for years now. And I still have not sat down to watch them because I'm not huge into uh, Kung Fu movies. But um, just seeing that, I may actually sit down and watch the movies now because I was actually thoroughly entertained by him. So um, they That's got me to go that way. presence. Yeah, I really love Donnie Yen. I he was again one of those actors that stole every scene. I really love like kind of like the buddy cop relationship that he had um with oh gosh, what's the name of the other actor and the character? I'm going to forget names cuz these Star Wars names are so hard to pronounce. Um <laughs> But I, I just really loved, like, their relationship and even his really cool throwaway line when they put the hoods over their heads and he's like, what are you doing? I'm blind. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was great. Like, um, he was just awesome. Like, the fight sequences were amazing. And uh, it, it's definitely, like, one of the best uh, choreographed fight sequences that I've seen in a Star Wars film to date is in Rogue One. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, so, totally. yeah, I, um, I echo your sentiments about Donnie Yen. He's amazing. Uh, Chirut Imwe is who Donnie Yen played in the movie. His partner is Baz Malbus, and that was played by Wen Jiang. Thank you. Yes. Filling in some names there. But, yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking of fights, those like to see actual like naval-style combat in space, when they crashed one starship into another, I it was beautiful. It was like, finally, you're using mm -hmm. the space for something more than just, like, shooting lasers, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. 
but to to watch tactics happen and to see an actual battle does oh my I, god it's so exciting yeah <laughs> I, I i live for war films i just got that growing up i love any if you ask me i've seen pretty much any world war ii movie that's out there um and I love the way that they've always shot those scenes. Mm-hmm. So that was a beautiful scene that they shot. It was very Battle of Midway um, when they were in Scarif. So I-, I loved it. My mind was blown about how beautiful it was and then the way it was filmed. So it was very much so not just a story film within the Star Wars franchise. It was very much so a war film, which I did love. It was kind of like a love letter to all those war films that had come before. And I loved it because it was very much so, there's a movie, Steve McQueen, called The Great Escape. And that's probably one of my favorite films. Mm -hmm. It was very much so, we are stuck here. We have a mission. We have to complete it and get it done. And I I really, really loved that. Because a lot of people want to see um, people survive to the end of these movies. And I liked that we didn't get that. That's not what I want to see. I, mean, I want to call it a brave choice, but it's hard because we know both ends of the story, like we the book ends of the story. But it still, it felt. I'm glad they were just like, nope, just one, just one for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it it was it was bittersweet. Like I I really wanted to see um, our heroes survive, but I definitely understand. You know, that is in fact a casualty of war is 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 death and 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 it was very heroic on everybody's part and there were a lot of critics out there that were like this movie is too dark and i'm just like but it's a war film <laughs> like exactly. all, right. all of the star wars films i mean the word war is in the title of these films like these <laughs> are <laughs> that's what the whole premise is but i think people are so used to the disneyfication of of the star wars mm. franchise that yeah. they're expecting something a little bit more lighthearted and add a little levity to it um because even just the uh funny and humorous remarks by K2SO was not as prominent as C3PO's and and the other yeah. films. So even that was sort of condensed down a little bit, but um it didn't bother me that it was a darker film. I mean, it was a standalone film from the other um, you know, films. Like it was a standalone yeah. prequel and it was certainly better than the previous prequels, um, for sur- for sure. And and toe to toe with the Force Awakens, which I will get into a little bit later. But I still think Force Awakens is a better film. Um, but it still was great in the sense that it had its own unique um, imprint in the Star Wars universe, and um, I I really appreciated that. Um, but then again. I might be contradicting myself because there were some things about the film that I didn't like because it was very similar to what I've seen in uh, previous Star Wars films. So, like, like Jen taking out the Star Stormtroopers by herself, that was very Ray. So I really got pissed off with that. I was like, we just saw this last year. Like, yeah. we saw this. Yeah. Well, and we can even go into like how the lead characters in Star Wars tend to just be very boring. And I like right. I think Jane is probably the most dynamic of the heroes, and yet she is still so flat for me. And even Cassie and Andor played by Diego Luna, who yeah. I was so excited to see in a Star Wars movie, and then he has no arc. 
nothing you know, really happens for him. Nothing. And I think that was one of my things about this film that it wasn't that compelling to me compared to the other films and compared to like The Force Awakens. Let's just use that as an example. Like, there was very little character development happening. And I understand we only have but so many minutes to cover and and so much story to cover with all of these different characters that are new characters. But I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of um, Cassian's background as well as Jen's um, background. And we didn't really get that. And I think that's why they were kind of lackluster because I didn't really care about them. In fact, I thought that the smaller supporting characters were more interesting and compelling than our leads. And I yes. would have much preferred to good. see Donnie Yen lead this movie. Yeah. Like I think the idea yeah. of watching the movie instead of through like a person who like we didn't get to see how war really affected her. All we saw was that it took away her family, which is pretty stereotypical of a, a war film. We need much more about like what were her teen years like and what has she done to to have to survive uh, to make her compelling. But Donnie Yen's background of simply being, like, an old Jedi who is, like, standing guard and trying to blend in, I I feel like that's much more dynamic. And I would have much preferred to see him and uh, Wen Zhang as they're just surviving. And what is it like to then see an opportunity to, to do something about it? You know, they've sat around for so long just trying to live. And now they get an opportunity at the end of the movie to finally do something about it. I think that would have been beautiful. I, I think that's the, that that was missing too is the the stand the the side characters and getting their story like from what made them get to this point. Especially with Riz, I wanted to see what mm-hmm. made him defect. I really wanted to see that. So we basically got we weren't getting his story um, as to why he defected away because that's a big deal to defect. Right. Yeah. Right. So to not get that um kind of left me a little like meh and then of course the way he went out so i think that um when they go forward especially with um the next one they've got to do better about who they bring on and then exploring the back end because that was one of my takeaways with even with the force awaken um you know each character what's the problem and where they came from and backstory we do you wonder yeah. Sorry, oh. go ahead. No, no, I was just saying we've gotten so much. Of we got so much in those the other film. It, it just, it was lacking in this one. Yeah. And see, like, I, to me, the things they, like, fixed in this movie and the things they did not address in this movie as compared to the original Star Wars, uh, it's really interesting what they chose to do. So, like, the idea of no scroll. Like, I didn't know that going in. I tried not to read too much news before I watched the film. Yeah, I didn't know And it was really impactful for me to sit there and be like, there's no scroll happening. Oh, they're going to show us instead of tell us. And I was really excited because I thought that was the whole entire direction of the movie they were going to go, was to leave that Star Wars, like, fault of always relying on having a character tell us instead of just showing us the actual awesome stuff that happens. Um but they reverted back to the original Star Wars movie where we're just getting a lot of uh, dialogue explaining what's happening instead of being there in the moment. And I completely agree with you when you say, like, to see Riz um, Bodai Rook is his name in the movie, um, to see him actually defect that moment. And they've done it in the cartoons, which is what confuses me. <laughs> like, we've seen so many of these moments in either Clone Wars or... Yes. Um, 
rebels and it's shocking to me that uh it never makes it to the films <laughs> like the stories are so tight in those animations i'm like you have a pool of writers just raring to go i'm sure i think that's what bothers me the most like, that's why i say like when i rank the prequels attack of clones is better because when they continued the storyline in clone wars you were like this is great like why didn't they do this in the movie um so i think that's what they were relying on. It's like, hey, you've watched Rebels. Here you go. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Sounds great. And I mean, I love Rebels too, but I wanted a little bit more um, than what we were given. And I, I, I love the movie, but I wanted more of why they're Rebels, why they're here. Absolutely. Yeah. One critique I'm hearing of the movie is that it's too fan servicey. I think that's weird for a series that's been around for 35 plus years. And I think it connects back to when people are like, it's too dark. I'm like, well, it grew up with its audience. Like, we can now handle <laughs> dark material. Um, but we're like, it should be for the kids. And I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on that. Oh. I mean, I think that's that was the problem with the prequels. I mean, if you go back and yeah. look at a lot of the film criticisms of the prequels, it was because they were trying to focus on kids and Disney sort of meddled in doing that with Jar Jar Binks and all of these, yeah. you know, off like Jar Jar Binks was the fall of that franchise because they were trying to cater to kids. And that's the problem. Like, I don't think you need to do that. I think Star Wars is still going to be a universal story to all audiences. And they have enough great characters that it would appeal to kids. Like, C-3PO mm -hmm. and R2-D2 was doing just fine, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, in the main story. And then when we go back to those prequels, we, we could have still had their presence in there without... Or we could have had another character, but just not as outlandish and, and crazy as Jar Jar Binks. I actually went back and watched Phantom Menace... And I was just amazed at how much screen time his character got compared to so much screen time. <laughs> and and that was that was them yeah. trying to um, pander to the younger audience. So no, don't don't do that. I think it can hold enough on its own. You know, those main three films did well on its own without bringing in a whole bunch of stupidness. So I I was fine with Rogue One the way it is. I prefer it to be a more mature. Um, adult film, quite frankly. Yeah, and and just to say, and like just a note to Jar Jar Binks. Why did they wrote him better in in the Clone Wars series? Clone Wars, they did. He was amazing. <laughs> he a lot Clone of issues. Wars. He and like is a force sensitive, uh, you know, alien. And it's like, why didn't you do this in the movie? He was not I mean, a joke. They were able to make Anakin compelling in Clone Wars, so the things they were able to do in that show are kind <laughs> exactly. of miracles if you compare it to the movie. It's yeah. just wonderful. It's, um, they, they see what they do wrong after the fact. And, I mean, as a mom, for me, we screen these before we take my son to go see them just to see how it's going to be so we can kind of prepare and know when we take it. Like, today when we went, there was a ton of kids there talking, and I'm like, this really isn't the time to take them you take them after opening weekend you don't take them during opening weekend to run their mouth when people are watching the movie um like we're planning to take my son during the week when they're out of school and it's not going to be a lot of people that are really into the movie and want to see it for what it is um but 
I think he'll still enjoy it because I don't think that Force Awakens was really pandered to kids, but he still enjoyed that as well. And I mean, BB-8 um, offered a lot of fun for the kids in that respect. So, I mean, you can do it, but like, don't have that childlike character or a character yes. that they know is for the kids take over the whole film, which is, you know, the fall of Phantom Menace. I mean, do you guys think that's what they were doing with the weird 3D monster in the front half of uh, Rogue One? <sighs> that mind-wiping, weird, terrible... It, like, I don't even know what was going on with the design of it. See, that was really bad. That looked like animation from when George Lucas went back and put it into the movies when they were re- <laughs> yes. Right. That's how bad the animation, the, the, the CGI was on that. I was like, that's not... That's not right. But Star Wars has always had those weird, you know, off the wall kind of monsters throughout their different films. So I don't, I don't think that's anything different than what we've seen in previous movies. That particular, I think it's poorly executed, and I was surprised by that mm-hmm. in a movie that was otherwise pretty well done. And for me, one of the most beautiful Star Wars films ever shot. Um, uh, I I was just shocked to kind of see it in there. I didn't mind its use. Mm-hmm. But just the look of it was jarring. True. Yeah. I mean, so going back to our conversation about rankings, um, and I'm curious to hear about yours, Kayla, since you think you're in the minority. <laughs> um, so I had on Twitter, gosh, I guess I should pull up my tweet because I don't even remember what I ranked, but I'll just start with the the first like four films. Like I rank... Empire Strikes Back as the best Star Wars movie ever um, that still holds up. Second, I put The Force Awakens. And third, I put Rogue One. Um, And the reason why Rogue One kind of ranks a little low, because a lot of people think that this is like the best Star Wars film ever. As a matter of fact, I think I saw a quote from Jen Yamato of The Daily Beast saying that this is the best film since Empire Strikes Back. I think that this film is still very cliche a lot of times. There's a lot of cinematic tropes that's very Star Wars-y that this film continues to perpetuate, like the orphaned hero story. Uh, We got that before with Luke. We got that before with Rey. Uh, The self-sacrificing mentor with Saw. Um, We've seen that before. Um, I just thought that they could have done something a little bit more unique and innovative. And maybe that's just me having super high expectations. Because yes, I know The Force Awakens definitely has some incredibly similar parallels to A New Hope. But there was something really cool and unique with The Force Awakens that I liked compared to A New Hope. Um, And the character development was a lot better. Obviously, the acting was a lot better than A New Hope. Um, So there was just a lot. It it was a more refreshing experience that did a lot of callbacks to uh, the original Star Wars film. But Rogue One, I was expecting something way different. And I didn't really get that. So that's why I'm not as excited about this film as everybody else. Because I was just expecting something completely out of the box than what you would see in a Star Wars movie. And see, I totally disagree because I feel like uh, Jin Erso, as much as I did not, I find her the most dynamic of all of the Star Wars heroes we've ever had. Here's why. She doesn't take the hero's journey. It's amazing. She's like fully committed to whatever it is she's doing at all times. 
And it is so great not to have somebody so goddamn whiny, excuse my language, but just so whiny and having to be dragged into the fight. And she was like, no, I'm going in full speed. Also, like, fight scene to fight scene comparisons throughout, like, the story was lacking, but visually and uh, the fights, like, not just, um, you know, watching uh, uh, Donnie Yen, like, kick butt, not just the starships, but then to see... uh, Oh god, guys, Darth Vader. This is where I cried. This is where I literally began to like, well, uh, final fight, Darth Vader, and that like run down the corridor. Mm. I, whoo, it was so good. It was everything I've ever wanted to see in a Star Wars movie. That was a moment that felt like the Clone Wars series on screen for me. It was so powerful and so well executed. Um, and then to just. This film was shot on 35 millimeter, the same uh, lens. I can't remember what it was called, but um, uh, they brought it back for the Hateful Eight. Like uh, Quentin Tarantino literally recreated this lens, and it does this great thing where uh, your close-ups, your person is so in focus, and everything in the back is out of focus, and it's so beautiful. It's like looking at a painting. Um, and then they also shot on the Ari Alexa six five, I think, which is um, a camera that is supposed to shoot like really large, like, super big epic scenes like you got with the fight scenes and perfect clarity. And so using all of these different techniques, bringing in that new score, which I miss John Williams. Um, he said these great blaring trumpets, but this kind of soft, um, nostalgic, twinkly kind of sound. Uh, the composer, whose name I can't remember right now, but he also did Up, um, and he won an Academy Award for it. I thought it was perfect. Like, the film is almost pure fan service, but I'm a fan and I felt like it was made for me and it was so close to great. It's, I understand that it's not like the best film of all time, but for me, it's the second best star Wars film of all time. Uh, see, so I'm not in the minority. I'm with Joelle. I rank because empire strikes back is such a defining moment of my nerve yeah. bringing mm-hmm. up for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we, okay, we like A New Hope, um, we respect A New Hope, but we truly give our all to Empire Strikes Back. So for me, that's number one, but I do rank Rogue One as number two um, over Force Awakens as much as I loved it, because for me, Force Awakens was my nostalgia movie. I cried the entire time I watched Force Awakens, <laughs> but I felt so much more watching this movie today i did little like i would i would punch my fist every time i was like yeah every time (laughs) every time i saw a scene that i was just like yes because it was i feel like we've and i feel like what joelle said it was made for the fans that have kept on with the series that like me read the comics you know read the one shots um watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels that wanted more of the story and that's what we got. Like I said, it's a war film and we've always gotten the story behind the war but never the reason and we got the reason with Rogue One and and how we got to where we were with A New Hope. There is an infographic that showed that Rogue One is 3.5 of they were trying to explain it to people of where Rogue One comes into place. And I don't think it's 3.5 because it directly affects what happened as we see at the end when they're running down the corridor. I was like, no, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is how. Because if it was like 3.5, we would have Luke and Leia as children. And they're not. They're adults at this Mm -hmm. point um, because the rebels, this is the full-on rebellion coming to, um, 
you know, give the plans to where I need to go. As soon as I heard the word Alderaan, I'm going to Alderaan. I was like, I was right. <laughs> it's not 3.5. It's like 3.75. <laughs> it's more like a prelude. It's a prelude to the entire series that you care about. Mm-hmm. It's like, That's if I, want, you just... I never I never asked for those prequels. I didn't really, I mean, I get it. If I wanted anything, you would want to know more about Anakin. I didn't really yeah. want to know. I mean, I think those those prequels are important. It, it establishes a lot of history of, of Anakin mm-hmm. and also the wars in the Republic before everything, you know, explodes in A New Hope. But if they were executed a little bit better and we could go on and on about how bad the prequels were, then yeah. I think we would definitely have appreciated it for what it was. So they were definitely needed, but Rogue One I, is the prequel that we deserved, for sure. And I think that's where I, f- I fell in. Like, this is what I was really excited for. I tried to not get myself as hyped up as I did with, you know, The Force Awakens, because I knew that was going to be a nostalgia for the original audience. And, you know, a lot of the jokes back to it. I loved when, you know... Uh, K2SO went to say, I have a bad feeling. They're like, shh, no. Because, I mean, when, <laughs> as soon as I heard, I have a bad feeling about this and Force Awakens, like, oh, okay, that's it. Done. I, I'm done. I've got my nostalgia. <laughs> I'm good. From now on, I want the, I want the rest of the story. And I, I think that's why it falls number two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Force Awakens falls after it. So my top three are going to be Empire, Rogue One, and The Force Awakens with you know, A New Hope and Return of the Jedi just kind of right in there. And mm-hmm. then Attack of the Clones is going to be the best prequel. Um, just because it was, like, if Thank we could you. go back and reshoot the, the, the fight scene. People were so actually... mad at me for ranking Attack of the Clones above Revenge of the Sith. And I was like, I didn't but know I... you guys cared about the prequels that much. Fight me. Fight me. What? <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is terrible. It's so bad. We get like all I think it's the rolling eye scene. Every moment makes me want to roll my eyes. Every like big, like particularly the no, like the no just was the cat for me as a kid. It's the, the I remember whole standing movie up is, and being like, "I'm done." The whole movie is Anakin's man pain. Like I'm not here for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh gosh, terrible. So I agree with you. I'm pretty. I'm pretty much there. Um, I think I rank. Of the original trilogy, Star Wars is at, the first one is at the bottom of my list um, mm-hmm. with uh, Empire Strikes Back, number one, Return of the Jedi, number two. Yes. Um, but yeah, and I think it's hard for me to judge The Force Awakens yet. Like, it's meant to be a trilogy. And so I feel like I can't really understand how I feel about it until I see the end of it. I have opinions on it now, obviously, but I need to see where they're driving these characters before I can be like, this is how these movies rank. Um, <laughs> so for now, Rogue One is just, because it, it's so pretty. It's so beautiful to look at. Like, I don't even, like, I didn't even care about Jin or anybody. Like, all the secondary cast was amazing to me. Uh, once we were in fight scene territory, I was like, yes, please. Um, I did like um, that we had, and I cannot remember her name, but the black uh, governor chick, I just stared. She doesn't like, have a name. They didn't give her a name. She's just like the count, one of the counselors. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't, because in the movie, because I made sure to pay attention. I'm like, what is her name? So I can address that because I knew we were going to do this show. She's never addressed in the film. And I don't know if you look her up on IMDb if she has a name, but she must. she's just a part of the council. Everybody. Yeah. But it was I'm good to see a black woman actually have a speaking role um, like in a Star Wars film that isn't an alien. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, definitely glad she wasn't an alien. And at that point, it didn't matter to me what anybody was saying. I was like, look at her up there, just in charge, saying things, Mm -hmm. being paid attention to. Like, even if she never gets actually addressed, like, she was there, and that was awesome. And now the Clone Wars, like, cartoons or whatever will take her and make her into something amazing. Put her in a comic book. Um, That's where all these characters go to, like, become alive anyway. Very Star Wars movies are just, like, to see big plot points. And then I'll go get stories somewhere else. <laughs> very true. That's 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 very very true. I know um, I have Vader down um, the entire book, so just getting the backstory, I feel like I needed that more than I needed any of the prequels. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. he is a badass. They made him look like a punk. Okay, <laughs> 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 like just a very hurt punk. So he's kind of a badass. Cool. But this, okay. I guess, that's what makes villains villains right they are kind of you know they're they're punk they're insecure people that have been rejected and they have to feel like they have to have some sort of authority or power over others because they've been rejected so in that sense i guess you know it was good to see him in that in that light but again it was just executed so poorly like yeah I, I, I just, I appreciate the prequels for what they did as far as setting up the story. It's just the performances, um, some of these tertiary characters that they added in um, was just unnecessary. And had they had a really cool, solid, um, you know, story with, with these prequels, it could have just been executed better. But, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the, the groundwork that they gave us for Anakin. And and maybe okay. if Hayden could have done a better performance, that would have helped. <laughs> yeah, the voice actor they got for Clone Wars is stunning. Um, the update on the black, she's a senator. Her name is Senator Pamlo. Um, she is played by Sharon Duncan Brewster. Um, so shout out to Sharon Duncan Brewster for just showing up and being amazing. And hopefully you get a chance to shine again somewhere else. Yeah, and that your name is addressed in the film. That, that, that must have went on the cutting room floor because I was listening for it. What is her name? But yeah, it wasn't really addressed. So, oh, good. But yeah, I I mean overall, I I do love the film. Like I just have I'm just being really picky cuz again, I had like super 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 high expectations. I will say this, the visual effects uh, with respect to like CGI is some of the best CGI I've seen on film. And they've done this before like um what what's the latest uh, Marvel film where they had um, Tony Stark looking super young? Um, they did a great job with Robert oh, Downey that Jr. Was Civil War. Civil War. Civil War. Thank you. So they did that same effect with Rogue One um, with Carrie Fisher as Leia, and she looks exactly the way she did it in A New Hope. And I just thought that was amazing to see. And then of course, um, Grand Moff Tarkin, played by Yay! Peter Cushing. I forgot that Peter Cushing, Peter Cushing died like over 20 years ago. I completely forgot. Yeah. So um, that's amazing that they resurrected a dead actor in this role and just pulled it off seamlessly. That was, was amazing. So amazing. I was freaking out when he went, turned the corner. I was like, I thought he died. <laughs> and I was like, How did they do this? But it was so great. Yeah. That was amazing. That's why we can't get really good wigs is because they spend all their money on that. <sighs> that's sad. We can't get good <laughs> wigs for black people because they spend it on that. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. 
Oh, goodness. I, I thought it was amazing. Um, I, I was worried that they were just going to get some young actor to do Leia. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as she turned around, I was just, like, taken aback. I was like, I forgot just, like how breathtaking she used to be when she was younger. Um, yeah. When we first saw the movies, and they just recaptured that, and it was amazing. Yeah, that was stunning. Like, that, that was the part that geeked me out was the last you know, scene with, with Leia getting the, the orders. So that was, that was really cool to see. And yeah, I was concerned. I was like, so are they going to show another actress or are they going to just like show the back of her head? Like, how are they going to do this? And and it was in fact her as Carrie Fisher herself looking very 1970s Carrie Fisher. So that was awesome to see. Yeah. It's excellent. I have nothing to add to that. It was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And then the the action sequences, of course, were amazing. The fight sequences were out of this world. So, I mean, it, it, it's a really great film. I'm just, I'm being nitpicky over certain things. And um, I still wish the main character was a little bit more interesting. But, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I think a lot of people are just excited about those supporting characters who kind of made up for it which is really cool. Like if it was something where everybody was not that interesting, that would be bad. But um, they sort of picked up the slack for Jen, uh, the supporting character. So that was cool. I think someone, I read somewhere, someone's review said it was like Ocean's 12 in space. I was like, I kind of see that because Ocean's 12 was not that great of a movie, but it was good because it had all the characters in there. Yeah. Um, so I could see that because, I mean, if you're going to rank them, it goes Ocean's 11, Ocean's 13, and then Ocean's 12 is the end because it wasn't really so great. So I could see hmm. how you compare it to that. I'm, I really did not like Ocean 12, but I will watch the hell out of Ocean's 13. <laughs> so <laughs> I can see how they rank and how they compared it to that a little bit with the whole heist thing. Um, right. So I, I kind of I somewhat agree but I still really, really enjoyed the movie for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like Joelle said, I think they really did do it to the people that have kept up with the storyline for a really long time and invested the money, the time um, into the comics, the books, the series. Video games. Video, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought that game last year the day it came out. So. <laughs> We've all put a lot of time into investing into it and wanting to know more about the story and which er- which character plays a role into continuing the storyline. Um, so I think that in that sense, it did its job. Um, but I think that we just have to, uh, kind of now to agree with Joelle, we have to wait for the next part of the Force Awakens trilogy to kind of see how that how we'll kind of rank everything because that could completely change when that comes out. That's true. Cool. Well, any final thoughts about Star Wars Rogue One? Uh, what you hope to see uh, in the future with Episode Eight or anything else about the film? Uh, Donald Glover is Bay, and I cannot wait for the Han Solo movie. Uh, please don't do anything really to mess that up. Off. I'm still really pissed off that they did not cast Miles Teller. I'm, I'm still really have feelings about that, but I get Donald, so I guess it makes up for it. It's fine. I, mm, I still have feelings. <laughs> I, have, I have feelings that you Dave and Miles Teller to play Han Solo. I did. Oh hmm. God, girl, no. He's, he's played well. Okay, 
I, I don't know. Okay, he's played. If you watch the Divergent series, he's he and any other series he's really done, he knows how to play like that kind of like really cocky like a hole. And yeah. but I then when you see Whiplash, you see that he can do like emotional. So I, I don't know. I really want like when I heard that he was up for it, I'm like that would really work for me. What made me mad is that Dave Franco was in the running. And that pissed me off. <laughs> So Alden Ennerich is going to be playing Han Solo? That's what I heard. I don't know who this dude is. That and I prefer that. I feel like I can't. I'm just going to be seeing Miles Teller trying to play Han Solo. Like, even if he would have to, like, heat ledger levels of nailing the Joker, Mm. nail Han Solo to get me to suspend my disbelief. But Mm -hmm. if you cast some unknown kid, I can can roll with it. I'm excited they cast someone unknown. And I feel the opposite with Donald Glover just because I love that kid so much. He cares. He truly, deeply cares. Like, he's rocking the mustache and constantly. Well, I mean, like, Lando was played by Billy D. Williams, and he wasn't exactly an unknown. So, when true. Empire Strikes Back came out. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's cool to have Lando and a, casting a known actor in, in the role of Lando. But as far as Han Solo is concerned, I think probably casting an unknown is good as well because... Yeah, you're you're gonna associate that actor with this this prolific popular character, and I don't know if Harrison Ford was really known back in 1977. I want to say no. I think all of the actors were unknowns when A New Hope came out. So I think Mary had only done a few movies with her mom, like as a like as a little girl. I think that's all she had done before then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Harrison was uh, not, people didn't believe him on film. Uh, so he was having a rough t- go of it when he got cast. And yes. this since really launched his career. They, they, I just, every time I go back and see that movie, I'm just like, wow, they were really bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Mark it's interesting, too, because, <laughs> what's that? Mark Hamill has come such a long way. He's come <laughs> such a long way. Yeah, because even Mark Hamill was kind of bad. But, like, when you watch the sequels, they get better. And it's very interesting because if you compare that to the prequels, which was also bad, they actually get a little bit better with each film as well. So it's like they were in training or something, some of these actors. A New Hope, Carrie went in and out of a British accent the entire movie. So there's that. (laughs) So she was trying. And then once we got into the character, it got a lot better. So. And I shouldn't I shouldn't um, paint a broad brush with actors in the prequels. Let's just say the name Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen <laughs> <laughs> was really bad in Phantom Menace, or excuse me, um, in uh, Attack of the Clones, and then he got better in Revenge of the Sith. So, like, I feel like, yeah, some some training was happening with some of the actors in these films. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I was like, um, it was bad, but it was better bad acting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Agreed. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I, again, I think this was a great story. I'm so excited that everybody is hyping this up and, and really find this to be one of the best Star Wars films. Um, I'm probably going to just go ahead and rewatch it. Maybe with a second viewing, I'll appreciate it a little bit better than everybody else did. Um, but overall, you know, definitely Rogue One is one of the Star Wars films that 
everybody's going to remember for many, many decades to come. So, um, yeah. Thanks, guys, for doing this show about Rogue One Star Wars story. Thank you. uh, Yeah. And thanks, guys, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.